The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. To the house, This is unbelievable. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Danny Cannell, Chip Patterson, Barton Simmons, and Tom Fernelli. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. I'm Chip Patterson. Happy Tuesday to you. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever you find this. This is Bowl Season Daily. We are in your feed every single morning. You wake up, we've got Bowl Season Daily for you. We are setting the table with bowls. And today, the two bowls that we have for you on Tuesday, uh, we have first the... Let's see. Famous Idaho Potato Bowl, which is, of course, out in Boise. It will be Tulane and Nevada. We'll get to that one first. And then the Boca Raton Bowl is your nightcap. I think Danny's going to be at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's professional or personal, but uh, be on either way, be on the lookout for Danny. I mean, it's a UCF game, I think, so he I might think be on the, the sideline. He's like the Boca Raton Bowl King. Oh yeah, like the homecoming. There's a homecoming king and a homecoming queen. I think Danny's the Boca Raton Bowl king. I don't know who his queen will be yet, though. I I actually hope that he's in the nitro costume, the UCF <laughs> night. It's actually going to be Danny, UCF super fan Danny Cannell. Be on the lookout for him. It's like the mass singer. We're just gonna get Danny out there in the knights costume. That would be pretty sweet if there was just like a reveal during the fourth quarter. <laughs> Hey, I, I like that dude. He's a uh, nitro. Anyway, we'll, we'll get to nitro and UCF mascots <laughs> at another time. Uh, the people here want previews. They want picks. They want to know what's going on. Let's start out in uh, Idaho, Boise, Idaho for Tulane in Nevada. Uh, um, it's so funny because we've looked at Tulane and we've talked about Tulane a lot. American athletic conference getting started early and like we could not put our finger on this Tulane team. Uh, you are a big Willie Fritz fan and this was not a, a coaching season where he was a very hot candidate because Tulane fell short of really, you know, meeting expectations. So when we think about um, the, what the Green Wave is bringing in to this game from the Tulane side of things, what are you going to be looking for? Well, first of all, today is one of my favorite days 
of the bowl season this year, just as far as the games, because I'm really interested in both of these games. And I think that although they're kind of, you know, lower tier under the radar games, I think they have a good chance to be really fun, interesting games. But as far as Tulane is concerned, it you're hundred percent right. It has been difficult to really kind of figure this team out because it has been inconsistent. I think the good news is that Michael Pratt at quarterback, who's taken on that job and has taken it over as the season has gone along, He's performed better and better, and I think that we're looking at a situation in the future where Tulane might, you know, be able to challenge in the AAC. It's just in this year's conference, they kind of took a small step back while a bunch of other teams took a step forward, and they paid the price for it. Because if you go through their schedule, I mean, their wins, they're 6-5, and but their wins have come against South Alabama, which nothing really special there. They beat, again, a Southern Miss team that was on its interim coach who then quickly became its former coach because it left while on Zoom to go take another job. And then it beat a Temple team that had a horrible season. It beat my Pirates, which did not have a great season. And it beat Army, which is Army, but it was also their second game against the option because they had lost the Navy earlier in the year. So they were a little bit more prepared for that game. And then kind of out of nowhere, they finished the season with a win over a good Memphis team. But then when you look at their losses, I mentioned the Navy one. In retrospect, that's just like a huh. And if you remember that game, 24 had, Yeah, they had the huge lead in the first half, blew it, Navy wins. But they lost to Houston. They lost to SMU. They lost to UCF. And they lost to Tulsa. So outside of that Memphis game, when they went up against the better teams in their conference, they weren't really competitive. Right. I mean, I was just going to say like, that's how you, you are going to measure yourself in the American athletic conference. And like, how do you play against a UCF and SMU, a Houston, a Memphis? Like there's a, a solid, like Tulane's not part of the five families of the AAC. Tulane Mm -hmm. wants to be part of the five families of the AAC, but they, they've got to get more wins. And I feel like Tulsa has gotten those wins. Like Tulsa going into the season projected to finish ninth in the conference. It is taking down Tulane It's taking down UCF It's taking down SMU. Like that's how you launch yourself into the American athletic conference championship game. Tulane has that, but they just didn't have those wins. Yeah. It, I feel like, like I said, this was just kind of like a reset kind of season for them because they did lose a lot of experience from last year's team. So it's not that crazy to think that they were going to take a step back this year, but still it's just like we talked about that Navy game. It's, when you watch Tulane this year, there are a lot of times where you feel like you're watching a different team as the game goes on from quarter to quarter. Sometimes this team just looks completely different than at other times. So it has been an inconsistent season. And I think they're going up against a pretty good Nevada team here that I think, you know, has been one of the better stories of the season. Uh, Romeo dubs, one of the best wide receivers in the country. He's been so much fun. This Nevada team's got a sick defensive, uh, defensive unit. They are going to have their hands full with Michael Pratt and the Tulane attack. Just like you mentioned, the Tulane is a short favorite in this game. The over under is at 57 and a half as I'm looking at it across the board right now. Um, I kind of, I picked Nevada in our expert picks, but I will also admit that I have kind of been blindly taking Nevada on a lot of these short spreads. It's paid off sometimes, yeah. but um, you know, I, a lot of that is just because I, I think that this is a game where uh, for Nevada to be punching up a little bit, I don't know. I just, I, I think the Wolfpack have been better compared to expectations than Tulane has. Yeah. Were, were you not kind of surprised to see the line for this game though? Yes. Very surprised. Because, like you mentioned, there's there's Romeo Dubes at receiver, but you got Carson Strong at running back, and you've got Toa Tawa at you know uh, running back, who has this is like that's a good trio of players Nevada has on offense, and 
I honestly, I mean, I would very strongly consider Nevada on the money line if you're betting this game or the over. I think both are good bets. But, like, this is a Nevada team that its only losses to the year came against Hawaii at Hawaii. So they had, you know, it. which I don't know, where was that game played? Because I don't think that was on the islands. Was that one of those Hawaii games in Vegas? Ooh, maybe. I can't remember where it was, but they lost by three points to Hawaii, which isn't a terrible loss, but it's not a really good loss. And their only other loss was to San Jose State, the team that went undefeated and won the conference. They beat Wyoming. They killed UNLV. They killed Utah State. They beat New Mexico. They beat a good San Diego State team, and they beat Fresno. So they don't have like that resume win. So I guess maybe that's why they're not really being favored in this spot. But just from watching both of these teams this season, I've been more impressed by what the Wolfpack have showed me than what the Green Wave have shown me. Because like I said, they're way too inconsistent from moment to moment. And I think Nevada, even in their losses, they're still playing their style. They just got beat. Uh, it was on the Big Island and in the R- in the now RIP Aloha Stadium. So, Condemned. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so many great memories uh, in Aloha Stadium, and I guess we'll have to make some new ones with Todd Graham moving forward. But, yeah, that 24-21 loss to Hawaii was on – like, that's a tough spot. I'm with you. I think is it, it better? Is it better in 2020 to be condemned or canceled? Uh, condemned. That's a good debate. <laughs> be, well, because condemned is structural. You know, you can't help yeah. that. You know, that was just – that's that's just what happened. Like if when we're digging up old tweets, those should be condemned. We shouldn't cancel anybody for old tweets. All right. That was an old code. Like, you know, like a building, it's just like, well, at the time in 1978 when it, it was met built. Standards it met standards then. Yes. I can't help that the standards have changed. Yeah. Like there's a like there's a lot of turn of the century hip hop that, you know, for misogyny and homophobia doesn't really meet modern yeah. standards. So, like, you know, you we, go back, you go back and you listen to a DMX song and you're like, oh, <laughs> I can't play this one anymore. Um, all right. On to the nightcap in Boca Raton, the, uh, the DK special. It is UCF, but they're playing a BYU team that uh, I was going through and like breaking down this game for a uh, pick story on CBSports.com. And it, BYU didn't do anything different. They just lost to Coastal Carolina. Like if you really mm-hmm. liked BYU as one of the best teams in the country, like maybe, you know, they're number 16 in the college football playoff rankings. If you think BYU is one of the 10 best teams in the country, which I think is a decent argument, then you still think you see a, you still think BYU is one of the 10 best teams in the country. This is probably the last time we'll get to see Zach Wilson play. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in program history. And uh, he might be a top 10 NFL draft pick next year. The over under here, I mean, they know what time it is. They're setting it at 75 Yeah. with, uh, with BYU as a six and a half point favorite. I mean, have, have we checked our weather forecast as always check it closer to kickoff because these things can change. Yeah. It's, it's supposed to be windy in Boca on, on, on Tuesday. We're talking about 11 to 12 mile per hour winds, but you know, temperatures, it's going to be warm. So there's kind of a mix, but I, I do think like, Religiously, I don't know that I could take it over 75. But but <laughs> if I was going to take an over 75, I do think that this is the kind of matchup that I would want to do it with because I really don't see 
either one of these defenses getting a whole heck of a lot of stops. Because like UCF has kind of flown under the radar this year because you know they went six and three, which by their recent standards isn't great. But the story in the AAC all year has been Cincinnati and Tulsa, two teams that went undefeated. UCF finished behind them, but if you look at their losses, their losses were to Cincinnati, a three-point loss. They they were they, you know they had a chance to win that game. They had an eight-point loss to Tulsa. And they had a one point loss to Memphis. So it's not like UCF was badly beaten by anybody. And all three of its losses came against good teams. You look at their other wins. They crushed Georgia Tech. They crushed East Carolina. They crushed Tulane. They crushed Houston. They crushed Temple. And they had kind of a close kind of rivalry game with South Florida where they didn't crush them, but they still put up 58 points. So I look at this matchup and then I compare it to BYU, who we did see lose to Coastal. And it has that win over uh, Boise State earlier this year, but then you got to remember, you know, Boise State was down to its third string quarterback and the rest of that schedule. I mean, BYU was very impressive in all their wins, but there's not really a win on there besides San Diego State where you're like, oh, wow. OK, that is that's a resume win. And I don't know, you know, depending on who you ask, San Diego State might not be a resume win. So when I look at this matchup and I look at these defenses and I think it's kind of going to be a really high scoring game more than the over. I would give strong consideration to taking UCF on the money line because I think that there's a decent chance that they win the game for the value that's out there just because BYU has been such a juggernaut that I think they're being kind of overvalued because UCF, crazy it is to say about UCF, been flying under the radar a little bit. Okay, so uh, I've got the other side of this because this really? is a little bit interesting. Well, just the other side of the the UCF angle. So uh, Josh Heupel, 28-7 and seven as UCF's head coach, all seven losses have been by one score. I mean, UCF is never out of a game. Their offense is so good that all of the losses, I can run through them real quick. Uh, it was an eight-point loss to LSU. It was a three-point loss to Tulsa, a three-point loss to Cincinnati, a one-point loss to Pitt. It was an eight-point loss to Tulsa, a one-point loss to Memphis, a three-point loss to Cincinnati. Two losses to Cincinnati by a combined six points, two losses to Tulsa by a combined 11 points. Okay, the other side. He doesn't have many one-score wins. UCF under Josh Heupel is 2-7 and seven in one-score games. They either blow you out of the water or they lose close. Like it is the only one, it's got a one-point win against Memphis all the way back in 2018 and a three-point win against Tulane. So they've got this weird trend right now where if, especially if they can overwhelm you with speed, talent, athleticism, they're going to win that game by double digits. It's just kind of like the way that UCF operates. You can't hang in there. And even when they build those leads, they continue to score. I, I think it would be great for UCF to win this by any margin, but to avoid this becoming a little bit of a trend for Josh Heupel can't win close games, especially against good teams. You, it might be nice to win a close one. Like UCF winning a squeaker would be something that could at least take that trend and start to move it in the opposite direction. So I think what you're saying is to take UCF in the points because it's six and a half and they're either going to lose close or win outright win big. Yes. So, Knights and the points. That's the play. That's got to be the play. How many touchdowns are Zach Wilson and Dylan Gabriel going to combine for here? I'm, I'm going to set the over under at seven nine and, and a half. half. <laughs> nine and a half. <laughs> oh, rushing touchdowns too. Yeah, good yeah. point. All right. Yeah, I think nine and a half probably sounds right. They both seem like they've got a uh, a four and one passing rushing or a three and two passing rushing type performance in them. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think this is gonna be. I, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's gonna be a really fun game. I think we're gonna be up pretty late on, uh, not too late, but kind of late on on Tuesday night watching this one because this might be a four and a half hour banger. Yes, seven seven o'clock uh, Eastern time. Tom's making the prediction that uh, that we'll take it right into the uh, local eleven o'clock news uh, with a four hour <laughs> banger. Uh, this is BYU again favored by six and a half over under at seven and a half. Maybe take UCF and the points. Uh, beware of that total because we would never tell you to take it, but we do think there will be a lot of them. Uh, Tulane and Nevada out on the Smurf turf in the Idaho potato bowl, Tulane, a two and a half point favorite. It is uh, coming down maybe one and a half in some shops. If you like Nevada, maybe take it on the money line. You can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at chip underscore Patterson. We will be back tomorrow with another edition of bowl season daily, taking a look at FAU Memphis and Georgia Southern Louisiana tech. Make sure you subscribe so that you can get it when you wake up. Tom, thank you very much. Thank you. documentary as we speak rap music on trial now streaming exclusively on paramount plus rap lyrics are playing an increasingly prominent role in criminal cases every song every lyric every video that you've ever been involved with they're going to use against you follow rap artist kemba as he explores the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system this artistic expression is a confession i'm ready roll the tape watch the eye-opening new documentary as we speak rap music on trial exclusively on paramount plus head to paramount plus.com to try it free terms apply